0: Welcome to Friends in Fiction, five best-selling authors, endless stories. Friends in Fiction is a podcast with five best-selling novelists whose common love of reading, writing, and independent bookstores bound them together. With chats, author interviews, and fascinating insider talk about publishing and writing, these friends discuss the books they've written, the books they're reading now, and the art of storytelling. If you love books and you're curious about the writing world, you're in the right place. Best-selling novelists Mary Kay Andrews, Kristen Harmel, Christy Woodson Harvey, Patty Callahan Henry, and Mary Alice Monroe are five longtime friends with more than 80 published books to their credit. At the start of the pandemic, They got together for a virtual happy hour to talk about their books, their favorite bookstores, writing, reading, and publishing in this new uncharted territory. They're still talking, and they've added fascinating discussions with other best-selling novelists. So join them live on their Friends and Fiction Facebook group page every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern, or listen and view later at your leisure.
1: Hi, welcome, everybody. This is friends in fiction. Five best-selling novelists, endless stories. We are five writers and friends whose common love of reading, writing, and independent bookstores binds us together. Along with our love of a few, for a few bit, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> no, it's impromptu. Along with our love for a few other things like kids and decorating and laughter and drinking and supporting each other. Um. <laughs> We love you guys. And this is our weekly Friends in Fiction show. I'm Mary Kay Andrews, and my latest novel is Hello Summer.
2: I'm Kristen Harmel, and my latest novel is The Book of Lost Names. I'm Christy Woodson Harvey,
3: and my latest novel is Feels Like Falling. I am Patty Callahan Henry, and my latest novel is Becoming Mrs. Lewis.
0: And hello, I'm Mary Alice Monroe, and my
1: latest novel
0: is On Ocean Boulevard.
3: And as you probably already have
1: noticed, we have an incredible guest tonight. We're so thrilled to have New York Times bestselling author, Emily Giffen, with us to talk about her new book, Hi. Hi. No. Hey girls. The, time, the Lies That Bind. But first, a little bit of shameless self-promotion from a brazen hussy. That would be me. <laughs> <laughs> tonight. And no, I am not a pregnant except with book. I'm so excited. Tonight, to reveal the cover of my new novel, coming May 4th, from St. Martin's Press, The Newcomer. The book is set in a mom-and-pop motel on the Florida Gulf Coast. The Newcomer is the story of Letty Carnahan, who discovers a body of her younger sister on the floor of her posh New York townhouse, and her sister's four-year-old daughter, Maya, upstairs, wailing for her murdered mother. Letty flees the city with Maya in tow to an uncertain fate at a motel called the Murmuring Surf where she encounters a cynical and suspicious local detective whose mother owns the motel, plus the motel's regulars, a tight-knit flock of snowbirds and retirees who regard the mysterious newcomer in their midst with more than a little hostility. We're going to have a special offer for you tonight um, for folks who um, pre-order the newcomer from our bookstore, which is Acapella Books. I'll tell you about that later. Now we're going to switch the spotlight back to our guest, Emily Giffen, who I met, Decades ago at a book event in Atlanta with when her first novel, Every Something Borrowed. I'm so excited, I'm just blathering. Something <laughs> Borrowed. <laughs> Something Borrowed was published to huge acclaim and shortly thereafter became a hit movie starring Kate Hudson. And my pretend husband, John Krasinski. <laughs> Emily, tell me he's as nice as he seems like he'd be. He was very nice. Okay, he's very, my Very intelligent, too. Shortly after that, Emily, you know, in her spare time, managed to birth twin sons and then a daughter. <laughs> and to proceed to turn out an uninterrupted, uninterrupted string of New York Times bestselling novels. Now, as it happens, our mutual friend, Patty Callahan-Henry, was also at that event that night. And introduced us and I only know that because Patty told me. <laughs> My memory of that night is pretty cloudy because I'd flown down from Raleigh where we briefly lived three days after having some non-essential lady bits removed. So I think I was living at the time on pain meds and applesauce. A few years later, Emily and I passed like ships in the night when I moved publishing houses to St. Martin's Press and Emily packed up and left. <laughs> Um, as our rabid fans know, Emily is an Anglophile with an enduring love for the British monarchy, as well as a diehard Demon Deacons fan. A Chicago all-sports, right, Em? You're all-sports, right?
4: Pretty much. I like college basketball the best, but you're doing you're, you're nailing it. You're nailing
1: it. <laughs> a Chicago native, she graduated summa cum laude from Wake Forest University and the University of Virginia Law School. After law school, she practiced litigation for a large Manhattan law firm and wrote a novel in her spare time, as one does. The
4: novel that I wrote in my spare time as a lawyer was rejected. Well, then that, oh,
1: that that's reported. Well, we
4: just have to, let's just be accurate here, though. That yeah. one was rejected. And then the, the, the right. one I wrote full time was, okay, go ahead, keep going. Yeah. My <laughs> first time. I've never worked. interrupted someone's bio before, but I feel like I can do that. <laughs> you can do that. You <laughs> can do
1: that with us.
4: That's encouraging yeah. for people to hear that. <laughs> this is your space. We <laughs> all <laughs> interrupt each other. Okay.
1: <laughs> Something borrowed came out in 2004, which prompted her, is this right, to vow to never practice law again? That's pretty accurate. (laughs) (laughs) Went on to pen eight more New York Times bestsellers, including Something Blue, Baby Proof, Love the One You're With, Heart of the Matter, Where We Belong, The One and Only, First Comes Love, and All We Ever Wanted. I could go on, but if you have a question for Emily, post it during this chat on our Friends in Fiction Facebook page. And we'll post, we'll be pulling a few questions shortly. But before we get too Deep into this, I want to remind our viewers of the reason we got to start it on this endeavor, our love for indie bookstores. Each week we highlight an indie bookstore, and tonight Emily has chosen Acapella Books in Atlanta as our indie bookseller. So they are graciously giving you 10% off all of our books. The link to the bookstore is posted on the Friends in Fiction Facebook page. So we hope you'll go over there and order books. Welcome, Emily, finally. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you all for
0: having
1: me. So glad to have you. This is so much fun. Yeah, we're going to talk about um, stuff in a few minutes. Okay. Um, Tell me how... Wait, I have
4: to say something first. I have to say a few things. uh, Thank you. And I'm so glad that my readers and readers in general are joining us. Um, But uh, Mary Alice has the best voice for this. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, Talk about
4: We know that's very yeah. kind. Come on, they're like probably. I'm not talking to my son George about my headphones. They're somewhere in my bedroom. um <laughs> well, Yes, you're just like just hiring a professional, you. and we already have one, so we I didn't. Know. know It's crazy. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um. Yeah. So
1: it's a very happy. I day. love you. I
0: love you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: see <laughs> Emily, tell us about how COVID has affected your personal and writing life. Remote schooling, virtual bookstore, barn and you,
4: you know, how many of you are, I, I know you're not Mary Kay, but how, how many of you are introverts on here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. just In just terms of, of my life or just personality? Like I just, it, I guess I'll, my answer is because I'm such an introvert and I prefer to sort of hide out. Um, it hasn't affected my life as much as I think it's affected some people's so, like I, right. as much as I love going on book tour from the standpoint of, you know, act, once I'm in the moment, like it's a classic introvert. Once I get into the moment and I'm like, you know, talking to my readers that I'm at an event, like I have a blast, but I just, it takes so much energy for me to get up to want to like get on an airplane and then go into yes. those situations that there was a, like a lot of relief, involved when they said you you know you can't my book came out on june 2nd which i don't know if you remember was blackout tuesday um so nothing kind of happened that week which was which was wonderful for for the movement um and and I, there was a huge part of me that was like, I don't have to, I don't have to like leave my house. I don't have to <laughs> take my pajamas up. Okay, don't worry about it. I know what you mean. No, no, no. I think we all so there was worried that. about it. Um, but yeah. of course, I mean that's just kind of you know one angle of it. I, I think like everyone, it's been um, you know it's been really challenging. I mean, the, the, you you go through cycles where you're so you know you're so worried and. Um, then you think you have it under control and then you think like, okay, things are going to open back up and then they're not. And right now I have three teenagers. My uh, twin sons are 16 and my daughter is 13. She's very, she's very social and really likes to be with her friends. Um, the boys are probably a little bit more like me, but that's a hard thing to manage. I don't know what ages I I know some of your ages of your children. I know Patty's kids. Um, but you know, I think that's, that's, uh, It's been challenging, but I I've noticed that we've had as a family we've become we've had really deep conversations. I think that's kind of been a theme throughout Mm -hmm. many families where you you know you don't have anything but each other, so you might as well dig really deep and have um, really uh, you know important conversations that we might not have otherwise Mm -hmm. had, or at least not in the same way or the same intensity. So overall, you know. I feel I feel bad saying this because, of course, there's so much suffering out there, and I, I wish we could get back to normal and everyone could be healthy again. But for, for us personally, it's been sort of a quiet, nice time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a very long-winded answer. Sorry. No, Not no. I mean, there
0: are very important yeah. things. I, I do feel yeah. that now that we're coming to the uh, through it at the end of summer, that we are actually seeing there were moments that were valuable and lessons that we learned. I think that was a very true answer.
4: Yeah, but yeah, now the kids are back in school now because we live in Georgia. So Atlanta, you know, Atlanta, Georgia, Red State, everything's pretty open, you know, we're back five days a week. So knock on wood that um, everything sort of stays that way. But um, yeah, it's just, it's been the, you know, if you think about it, like if I said to you right now, 2017, tell me about what you did in 2017. I don't know about you, but my mind goes like totally blank. I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, you have to really kind of think about 2017. What happened then? Or like 2014 or 20, hell, even 2019. I know, right. (laughs) And then we say 2020 and it's like, you know, forever. A whole year has just been so, so crazy.
1: But great year, great year for books. I mean, great year to escape in in literature. For the rest of you, it's September and it's semi-fallish. I know we have all been dashing to the finish line with our upcoming novels. Can everybody give me a progress report because I'm taking names?
0: You <laughs> know where we are. She does
1: that. Yeah, it's, it's on your permanent personal record.
5: <laughs> <laughs> How about you? Oh, Christy. I'm going to show the cover, but I have ARCs. So oh. I'm
4: really, really excited. We're yeah, on.
5: yeah, the cover comes out in a couple weeks and hopefully you guys will be... Well, you guys, my friends on the screen, but also you guys, my friends on Facebook, will be um, able to get some of these and win some of them. So I'm super excited. I feel very accomplished when it's in my hands. So it's like a real thing at that point, right? Oh,
0: God. That just gave me a yeah. heart palpitation.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Listen, how about you? I think I'm at about 77,000 words in my manuscript. Um, we have a title, which is a, a big development. <laughs> it's going to be called mm-hmm. The Forest of Vanishing Stars. So that'll be out next wow. summer.
3: Um, I love it. I and, love it. and,
2: but, but, well, thank you. But the most important thing is I set a goal for myself that if I wrote 8,000 words this weekend, I could get a new pair of shoes. And I did. So the shoes are on. Ooh, the- the- <laughs> really the most print. important thing of all. Hey, you're talking. Yeah. <laughs> can you a picture out of the shoes? that? Next week I'll wear them and like kick my heels up in the okay. show. No problem.
3: <laughs> Patty, <laughs> what about you? Um, I got my page proofs for the March book. And so we've been spending Emily, this five of us have been doing this thing called morning sprints where we check in with each other every morning to make sure we're writing or doing whatever our goal is. And so for this whole week, it's been my page proofs for Surviving Savannah. And I'm doing something I've never done before. I'm reading them out loud from front to back. Has anybody, who else has? Yes,
5: so I do that. And I feel like I catch 10 times more yeah.
4: mistakes. It's crazy. Yeah. It's terrible when,
5: you when, that when, out you, out when out
4: you're now.
0: doing your audio book. Yeah. That- that's not a good time to
4: catch them. <laughs> you know, I read out loud after every chapter. Like, I read it loud every day. Yeah.
0: You
4: wow. Like, every, like every, the
0: sound. Like, the in a very, like, you
4: know, quiet. I mean, it's not theatrical or anything. It's just right. like, reading it out loud. But just mm-hmm. keep it close, particularly with, like, dialogue-heavy scenes. Yeah. So do you life. read
3: it out loud again when you get your page proofs? Or do you only do it when you've written it? And then the, your page proofs, you just read it.
4: I don't know. I feel like I'm the the slowest writer and I just like edit to death everything. So yeah. I feel like I've I do every variation of editing that there ex- yeah. exists.
3: Well, I've never uh, read out loud before and I am catch a lot. Wow, ah, you could change a lot when you're reading out loud. Yeah.
4: I taught my kids to like when they're um, when they take like an essay test at school too like obviously you can't say it completely out loud, but you kind of can read in your head, Mm -hmm. like hear the words in your head or even like mouth them or whisper them. And you catch so much. It's crazy.
3: Yeah, so I'm hoping next time I'm going to do it. My goal is next time, if I ever write another book, is I'm just going to read it um, out loud during um, copy edits instead of page proofs. Because yeah. you know how we get that letter that says, you're only allowed X number of changes. <laughs> <laughs> I think I got that by chapter four. I'm like, uh-oh. Yeah. That's what I've been doing all week, Kathy. How about
0: you, Mary Alice? Well, I'm... Um... It's been a long summer, long spring. Um, I actually have uh, had a lot of projects. I had my first middle grade book, which was finished and edited. And so that's uh, The Islanders. And that's done and waiting to come out. And then we did a short story, and Patty's involved in that project for a book. It's an anthology beach reunion. And so writing that novella was an exercise. And that's done. And I shoved it off and I'm behind everyone else. My novel isn't done, but it will be done. <laughs> Her I'm editors are my sprints
1: and <laughs>
0: it's a coming. it's I'm given birth. I'm still in
1: labor pains here. <laughs> you know, I finished, um, I finished my book, um, Christmas Eve day. When I was like scarlet O'Hare. I was like, I will never, as God is my witness. I will never put myself through that again. I've done that, I'm Kathy.
0: Finished. You're so smart to say that. It's horrible. It's like it's Christmas Eve. Well, I want to yeah. have cake and uh, champagne, and no, I got to work.
1: I don't even, I, you know, I, it's a blur. But anyway, I um, we started sprinting May first, and I finished. Um, I finished the first draft uh, Labor Day at noon. So um, I'll, I'm cleaning it up, and then I'll send it to Jen, Emily's um, former editor and mutual friend. So I feel, I feel somewhat relieved, but there's so much work to be done. Anyway, yeah. so now let's ask Emily to tell us about The Lies That Bind.
4: Well, let's see. The Lies That Bind is about a young reporter, Cecily Gardner, um, who's living and working in New York City. And she meets, um, she meets a guy at a bar late one night. She's actually uh, kind of nursing a breakup and going through all those emotions of a breakup, but she meets this guy and he's absolutely amazing. He's perfect. Um, and in the aftermath of 9-11, she discovers that he's uh, not what he seems to be. So the story is, is a bit of a mystery and it's about our own kind of search for authenticity and um, understanding, you know, who we are. Um, and as much as we tell each other lies in our relationships, um we can uh we could we also tell ourselves we, we tell ourselves lies as well so it's sort of about cecily understanding like who
1: she is and her quest for
4: you know and in and figuring out who this mystery guy is so
1: and it's so timely that you're here tomorrow i mean day after tomorrow yeah. is the today is today is nine nine and two days from now is Nine eleven. you know it's it's crazy when you when was when i was writing it i'm thinking it was just a few
4: years ago a few years ago but it's like yeah it's, it's, it's historical fiction i mean it's 20 right. two decades past almost it's crazy um, it is hard past. to believe time it has gone um you know, the book is really even though it's a, it has a you know nine eleven component to it it's um in, in many ways, like the reason that I chose to set it at that time had more to do with that, like last summer of innocence, you know, because a lot happens mm. in the book before nine eleven. It's sort of the summer of 01 to me was such a vivid time. It was, um, I was living in New York and practicing law and, um, ended up quitting that job and moving to London to write, um, full time. I hoped that was the plan to write a novel. I wrote something borrowed my first year there. So, it's kind of a, an intense time, I think, for a lot of people when we look back and think about New York City and how innocent we all were and mm-hmm. how could we not have known what was coming. Um, but also mm-hmm. in my own life, it was such a poignant um, time that it was – there was something very satisfying about going back to that summer and, and writing a book at that time. But I think 9-11 was a good device for – And it was weird how much it was mirrored when the book came out with everything that was going on with, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement and the coronavirus and everything else. But I think these really big events in our in in the world can sometimes, um, you know, of course, they impact us in obvious ways. But also, I think there's this whole thing that goes on internally. You know, we touched on it a little bit earlier with your first question, but you know, you, you ask yourself, like, am I living the life that I'm meant to be living? Or is this relationship right for me? I mean, I can't tell you the number of, sadly, like four or five friends who are um, either going through really big breakups or divorces. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, you know, we know a couple of authors who are going through that. Um, and it's just, it, I think it's because when these big things happen, it causes you to you know really have this internal, um, you know, all this reflection of, is this the job I want? Is this the relationship I want? Like, should I be commuting to work every day when I could be here and spending more time with my children? Or maybe it's the reverse. Like, get me out. (laughs) Uh, um, So yeah, that's the other reason I kind of set it at that, at that, um, at that crossroads.
1: Patty, you've got a question, right?
3: Emily, it's so good to see you.
4: I love you, Patty. I know. And that's one of my very dear friends. I mean, I love you all, but, we're very,
3: very close. And we're both born on March 20th. Yeah, we're both born on the same day. Both exactly. George, And our first book came out in the same year. And we we had to do these. Kathy, Mary Kay Andrews, do you remember when me and you and Emily did that event? What was it? At Neiman Marcus? I think it was yeah. at
4: Bloomingdale's. Ooh,
3: fun. Bloomingdale's. It was
4: at Bloomingdale's. That was the one where Mary Kay can't remember meeting me which you I could just
1: edit out of your repertoire. <laughs> no, Mary, I remembered meeting you, but I remember nothing else because I was on pain meds. I just, had okay. It. I'm just teasing you. <laughs> it's hilarious.
0: Oh, that drink looks very good.
4: Mary Kay.
1: Can that you I, say again?
0: What? Your drink. You should. Oh, get oh yeah. I'm going to hold up your drinks. Strawberry. Oh la
4: la. <laughs> well, well Mary Alice, judging by um, where you are in your manuscript, Mary Alice, I think that's an appropriate beverage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that will fine. You guys can all have a glass of wine afterwards. You know uh, oh, I <laughs> always been writing on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day or thereabouts. So the worst. You guys all are impressive to me. But continue.
3: What were you gonna ask? Okay. So what a year this has been. It's like yeah. Nothing like it ever. And you had, um, I love watching your Instagram because you're open and you're honest and you're vulnerable and you're with London like I am and with the Royals. But you posted this amazing thing a couple months ago. And I know I wrote to you personally about it, but I'm going to read it because I want you to talk about it a little bit. Um, You say, for myriad reasons, some obvious and universal and some too personal to share, the last few months have been really tough. Like a lot of people, I've been depressed and scared and unmoored, but I've also been more introspective than I've ever been before. I've done more thinking and reading and soul searching and talking to trusted friends about life and love and relationships and race and power and privilege and pain. And it's led to a feeling of humility and calm and personal growth, along with a shifting of priorities. So I just want to take a moment and say thank you to those people who were there for me, who challenged me, who inspired me. I am grateful. I am hopeful. And my heart is full. And now I'm all choked up. And it's just so like when I read it, when you posted it, I was like, there she is. That's that Emily, I know. Mm-hmm. So talk to us a little bit about it.
4: Well, I mean, I think it's just is all those cycles of emotion that we were talking about earlier when, yeah. you know, it's, 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 there's so much pain and you're reading these stories and it's just daily agony for, you know, our friends out there and our fellow citizens in America and um, these there's just so much going on and I think there's the pain and then there's also the way that that causes you again to reflect on your your own life and and kind of put things in perspective and um, you know you you realize who you know your true friends are and what really matters and you let go of some of the small things I mean you know As as authors, we get very—you know—we're worried about our our launch and the book doing well and being, you know, selling and being well reviewed. And we want our readers to be happy and all of that. And when when your launch kind of—it was such a footnote to this year with my book coming out. And of course, I still so appreciated everyone who read it, and um, you know, my friends and family were there for me. But it just didn't seem like a very important thing. I mean, is important as books became to me in this time my own kind of career and book launch was like, Oh, like who, you know, who really, who really cares? Like there's so many more important things out there. And I think that's kind of what I mean. And I think relationships that were, um, you know, I'd like to think that I got rid of all like toxic relationships in my 20s, which was sort of what something borrowed was about. But I think we can, we all tend to get caught up into, you know, relationships and friendships and situations that aren't really worth the effort we put into them and we um whether it's because we're trying to be you know a perfectionist or project a certain image or because we just want to be a good person so much i mean that's of course very important those those things can be important but when you strip it all away um you know what what defines us as, as people you know and it's like what I write about. It's, it's our, it's our relationships. It's our, it's our friends, it's our, you know, our marriages and our kids and and all of that. And I think that that some painful things happened um, to me this summer <clears throat> and, you know, again, personal things, difficult things to deal with, but it helped me kind of um, really focus on, I mean, it, it sounds so like cheesy and like, Focus on the on gratitude, like really focus on gratitude. And as much as I've tried to keep a gratitude journal before, and you know, said that I'm going to do it, and like you get those little novels at like paper store, like those little those yeah. little books at paper source that say list five. Yeah. You know, you do it, and you're like, I'm going to do this. Um, and then it kind of just falls by the wayside and like you get to it or you not, or it's, it's a chore, but this was sort of a concentrated effort. The other thing that I did was jigsaw puzzles because that really like sure. I just would do these like puzzles and I would sit in my kitchen counter and my husband and two boys went drove cross country to train their big runner cross country runners. And so my daughter and I, Harriet and I were left kind of home and we had no schedule and we kind of lounged around a lot. They're, they're go getters and, and we're sort of like sloth like. We tend to <laughs> <laughs> and there was a lot of just like jigsaw puzzles and I'll have another glass of wine and what movie should we watch? And in that all of that time, I think I had an emotional few days around July 4th. And I and I wrote that post because I wanted I wanted to share that. And I I think also kind of remind people of um of, of, of that centering that we all need to do. And, and it's a good time. It was a good time to really think about that and think about, in our case, the privilege we have and what are we doing with it and, um, you know, the pain that other people are going through. And so it was just it was, it was a lot converging at once. But I, I I would guess that every single one of you had had moments like that. Absolutely. Um, you I'm te- you, you an overposter, though. I post like five times a day. So like, it's yeah, gotta, like I'm inevitably going to share that. Um, on Instagram with, when other people might not share
3: that. I'm very open. But Emily, in sharing it, you made it okay that we were feeling that way. Right. Yeah. So when you posted it, it makes you say, you know, it is universal. We're all, yeah. we're all, we're all hurting. We're all figuring this out. It was beautiful. Oh, well, thank you. Now,
4: I do think that there's a, the tendency, we, we tend to think that other people have like perfect lives. Yeah. you know we look we it, it's an easy thing to do you know you look at a marriage from the outside or you look at a, you know, other people's children or you look at you know in, in social media has made this worse and you know i think we are all we're all suffering in our own ways and i think that's it's it's important sometimes to share that particularly when you have something of a voice or a platform and you can kind of say you know this is what i'm going through and it's not just puppies and
3: you know and kids and yeah and yeah. So, although well, the queen is really important, I'm sorry. oh my gosh, she's everything.
4: <laughs> like, like, you go on a book tour. You go on this fabulous trip to to London, where you were nominated for an award, and um, you're getting to do all these things. And I'm just like coattailing off Patty's um, experience and reposting everything, like <laughs> and stories, and I'm like, and another thing from Patty, and another thing from Patty, and oh my gosh, look at this, like bird that Patty saw. <laughs> <laughs> because the bird is in London and near the queen. I know. <laughs> Wasn't it in the courtyard of Westminster Abbey? Yes. I think it was, but um, um, yeah, that was a beautiful trip. Uh,
3: I looked for the queen for you. I did. I looked for
4: her. <laughs> we, have the queen, we have the queen in the back seat of my car and my mother's car. So, like, oh you know, like the decal. Yeah. So my boys are like. At one point, their car was in the shop, and I said, "You know, can you just take Nana's car?" And they're like, "We are not taking the Queen to school." <laughs>
1: That's, oh, come on. On. That's hilarious. Come on. It
3: doesn't <laughs>
1: matter. Um, well, I should I should tell you that I have my picture a picture of me um, from DC when Anna. Came to the US to open the Treasure Houses of Great Britain exhibit. And I went up and I was a reporter for that AJC. And I stood on the White House lawn when their helicopter landed. And I saw them stand by uh, Nancy and Ronnie Reagan. And I saw Nancy reach out to hold Diana's hand, which apparently she did not get the memo. <laughs> oh, right. But yeah. I, I have this hysterical picture of me with cardboard cutouts of Charles and Diana with my arm ar- around them. And I said to my family at Christmas and they just, they thought, Oh my God, she, she's <laughs> Charles and Diana. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Okay. I have a question for you, Emily. <laughs> um, the events of 9-11 are seen through the eyes of journalists, your journalist protagonist, Cecily. And she's even watching the Today Show from her apartment two miles away as the second tower is hit how difficult was that for you researching it and reliving those scenes because i know you must have gone back and and watched the television footage and all that kind of stuff was that did you have i don't know ptsd from that it, it was in, it was
4: going back so i watched the today show and i would pause it after every line of like and i was watching the today show when it unfolded let me back up i lived in new york And I moved to London on September 16th. So my flight out of New York to London was pre-scheduled for September 16th. So my last day at work was like September 7th. And like the going away party that I had was on September 9th. And then I moved into um, the Palace Hotel in Midtown on like the 10th. So I'm in this Midtown hotel getting ready to move to London when this happens. And I was actually, I had been going through the phone book to try to figure out where to get my driver's license renewed because I had to go meet a friend downtown. And he had said, well, let's just meet between the, the towers. And I'm like, I don't want to go all the way down. Like, you, you know, when you live in Manhattan, you don't want really to go downtown unless you work down there. But he was like, you know, can you, like, I, I, that's really the only way that I can see you. And so I said, okay, um, well, I'm to get my, and and my now husband, then boyfriend said, well, you have to get your driver's license renewed anyway. So why don't you just go to the DMV that's, like, near the World Trade Center. It's probably, like, less of a line than in Midtown or whatever. So I'm like, okay. So I, like, looked it up in the phone book. I mean, like, these are the phone book days. Like, you know, I didn't look it up on my BlackBerry or my flip phone, I think it was. I was like, okay, like, go through the, like, getting the address and trying to figure out where it was. And then the guy that I was meeting, who happened to be my ex, um, interestingly, was, um, he said, uh he called me and said don't come down here there's like like something there's like an accident here. here's like something oh. hit the t- towers and you could hear in the background kind of like what was happening it was very early on and I that's know. why I said, he goes turn on the news it's probably on the news so i turned on the news and from that on i'm watching you know i always always watch the Today show like so i'm you know watching the Today show and and sitting in this hotel room and thinking like, well, I guess I shouldn't go down and get my driver's license renewed, you know, and it's like no. the dawn on, on everyone. And then I'm like, wow, I should call, you know, and I won't get into the minutiae because we all have those stories. But calling my friends who were lawyers who worked at the World Trade Center, getting the fast, busy signal because their phones were like not working because, you know, one reason or another or my phone wasn't working. It was just the whole, you know? So when I went back to write that it was like, for me, like reliving it because I w- had been watching the today show and I had been living in New York and I had been very close to the site. So it was, it was kind of a, a strange, it was, a, I don't know how long it takes you all to write a chapter. I think I'm much slower than you. I publish every other year and I think you all publish every year. Yeah. Um, so, uh, One that scene took me like a month to write, like maybe even six. I imagine. So I would pause after every line of the Today Show and write down exactly what happened according to the time that was also on the Today Show, and then superimpose like her experience and slow realization onto it, so that she was talking to her friend on the phone and then watching the news at the same time. But anyway, so it was definitely a lot of um, PTSD. I mean, I think that's the case for everyone, even if you weren't living in New York or, you know, if you were alive at that time, you have your story, you yeah. know where you were. It's like, you know, it's like our, the John Kennedy generation. Yeah, like, right. know where yeah. They were. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was a lot, but again, that's it. That's a small part of the book. right? Yeah. So I wasn't, I didn't have to kind of, you know, it, I didn't spend a lot of time with that grief. I just wrote the scene and sort of moved
3: on.
0: Got it.
4: But it is coming up, isn't
0: it? Yeah! Yeah.
4: Wow, that was quite a story You were right Uh Yeah, when we took off Like, you know, the plane took off On the 16th, it was the first international I don't know if it was the first international flight That they let out, but it was um, It was the first, within the first Two hours of the first flights It was Uh that Sunday evening And, um, you know, we took off And it was the the red eye, but it was still light out um, because it was, you know, September, you know, mid September. So it wasn't dark at that point yet. And you could just see still the smoldering, still the smoke. Like five days later, smoke coming up as you took off. And I remember thinking, like, that I was like such a, like, like, that I was like abandoning. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
4: And, and America. And like, how could I fly off and go to England, you know, like my dream place, England? Um, in, instead of like staying here and like the grit of it all. But, um, so that was, there were some parallels there with, you know, I think every book you write has some autobiographical elements, mm-hmm. particularly when you're writing in the first person. So although Cecily and I don't have that much in common, we did, you know, without giving the plot away, there were some parallels there with her, um, her relationship with New York vis-a-vis nine eleven. I guess. she right, Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was powerful. That
0: was quite a story. Um, Sorry if it was a little bit of a downer. No, no, not at all. But it really kind of leads into my question. Because you went right to England. And I remember reading your interviews and you were saying how it was difficult for you to wander around because you weren't in America at that time. But I, like you, like Patty, like probably everyone here, I really love London and, um, it's my favorite city in the world. And I have this fantasy, which we all probably do, of being able to go and write there or yeah. write in any foreign country where you're setting a book. Just, and you spent, what, 14 months there? And so I'm just curious, having done it, you, have you done it? Is it a fantasy that we get to go to this country we love and write, or is it actually in reality hard? It's a distraction. I mean, does it help? I mean, what, tell I, me what it's like to write. Yeah, that book.
4: I, I would say for me as an introvert, it was bliss because my friends and everyone, I, I was slow to make friends. I only ended up making a few friends there. I don't know if that's like, I've heard that that's like very English. It's hard to sort of penetrate those Londoner circles, but, um, um but i didn't make a lot of friends and i was i kind of liked it that way because my friends in new york and back in this you know my family didn't wake up till like one o'clock so i wrote so much like no distractions whatsoever like my phone didn't even work like for months after i got there i've been the house line but not the flat line but not my you know i didn't have a cell phone that worked and so it was just like, it was, and it rains all the time. It's like perfect weather to write in. Oh, I wanted to know. The other thing like, you're living in England, but you it's, it's the English language. So it's like, you're not really brave. It's not like I ventured off to Italy, not knowing the language, like, eat, pray, love kind of thing. Um, and so, but yeah, I think it. I think it's an ideal setup to write, um, even if I weren't. And at that point, because there were more scenes... I guess there were some scenes at the end of something borrowed, but it doesn't even really matter if you, you don't even need to be doing research. Mm-hmm. I just think it's stimulating to be somewhere else, even if you're staying ah, okay your in your pajamas writing. Yeah. Do you all ever go to hotels to write for like? Oh, two yeah, I've been away all the time. Yeah, always yeah. have. That's why I'm fantasizing. Yeah,
0: <laughs> but would you go to Paris, maybe, or to Rome, or would you go to a city? Another one, if you set the book there, would you do that?
4: Well, it's, you know, that was before I had children. I wasn't even married and I, had, I didn't, hadn't I had children. And so the reason that we moved back, we actually lived there t- for two years. And um, so then I got engaged there, mar- married back at, in the States. But in that time period, got engaged, got married and got pregnant with twins. And so we moved back because we were having two. We were going to stay with one. That when we found out it was Ooh, two, we said, Like we have to get home. It's a high risk pregnancy. We just want to be home. So we moved back. Um, And so would I love to do that again? Yes. But like right now, my kids are 13, 16, 16. Like it's not in the cards anytime soon, but I, I I fear, I I know how fast it's going to go the next few years. I know how fast it goes. So you never know on the, on the back end of that. I I, I don't like to ever think that something is the last time you'll do it. Um, But that's, that's uh, so it makes me so melancholy to think like you wouldn't do it again, but I don't you know. But
0: fingers crossed, we can. I
4: right, <laughs>
1: right, yeah. I know, Kristen. You've got a question for her.
2: Yeah, Emily. Um, Ma- uh, Mary Kay mentioned how the two of you met, but I wanted to tell a story quickly of my own that you may not remember. Um, I, remember I met you, I think, in two
4: thousand nine. a break. We were, like, totally hidden. I don't What's remember what I had on. I had on a navy blue, like, um, dress that was, like, hot. I remember it was hot. It had a <laughs> yeah, I remember when was hot, 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 too. I had, had a red, either. a red, a dress. I don't yes, know why I remember <laughs> that. <Yes, you> <laughs> Do we have pictures from the night? Are you kidding me? Do you think I don't remember that? I so. okay. That's like crazy <laughs> <so> We. <sweet, laughs> but I wanted to start <laughs> I feel like well, cool, you know
2: what? I wish I had stayed in touch with you, but I was so shy and like so. um, I was at such an early point in my career, and it seemed like you were. In, you were like, oh my gosh, like you were just you had the life I dreamed of, and you were just this, oh my god. I was like sort of a little starstruck, so I, that's why I didn't stay in touch because I was like early. She wouldn't want to hear from me. Oh my god! <laughs> so, but,
4: god. But I, so I, we stayed in touch for I a little while. We stayed in touch for a little while, but you really did take we, off. We did. Uh, well, yeah, we did.
2: But I, I was like, gosh, I was nothing then. But um, but I but I wanted to tell a story that um, that has meant so much to me over the years. You were so kind and gracious then, and a year or so later is when I kind of decided to take my career in a different direction. Um, I wanted to be writing bigger historical women's fiction and i left my agent i left my publisher um i was very much adrift and i reached out to you for help and without reading my you know like without i didn't have a book sale yet but you offered me the sweetest most generous blurb um and i was able to bring that to the new publisher as part of the package and i think that was one of the things that really helped with the sweetness of forgetting which is the book that changed my career in my life so i've always I, i don't think i've ever had a you that but that has always stuck with me just how kind that was and especially your kids must have been young and you had a million things on your plate and you took the time to do that so i wanted to say
4: you're you're very welcome but you're my my blurb had nothing to do with that wonderful book that you had written like you were you were you know you were taking off you were taking off and you know that's the thing like meeting you it's like whether whatever wherever you are in your career you can kind of remember the beginning, you remember that first, you know, you remember where and you seem so beautiful and young. I do remember that because I was in the throes of like <laughs> three children under the age. It was 2009. So I had a two year old and two Four-year-olds, yeah, it was not a pretty. It was not a pretty time for me, but you were bored. <laughs> um, but no, I, I was, I'm always so happy to do that for 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 other authors, especially ones who I've met and really liked. We were like pals that night. We kind of went around to the different tables and gave yeah. our little analysis. <laughs> I, remember. I remember that, but um, but yeah, I'm actually to <laughs> well, heard those comments. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. <laughs> And well, Mary, if, Alice, in any case, in, Mary Alice, didn't we meet in Winston Salem? Did we never meet in Winston Salem? I'm making that up. Have you been to Winston Salem? I have, but I would have remembered meeting you. I, I mean, because Patty talked about you all the time. Talks, well, maybe it was maybe it was like early. Maybe like I was the Kristen in this might
0: silly- <laughs> <laughs> So I, uh, maybe I like to think I would have remembered a pretty young blonde. Well, uh, yes, but color. I think I had
4: brown hair at the time. <laughs> maybe that's as I, why. As I, like to, as I like to tell my children, I, I say, like, I got so tired of dyeing my hair brown yeah, it was so it cost so much money. It was so time-consuming uh, that I just went back to my natural blonde. <laughs> <laughs> and one does,
3: no. yeah. Or maybe,
4: or maybe you were on painkillers too at the time, Ariel. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I don't think that. But I'll, I'll refresh. I'll,
0: I'll think about it tonight. Okay, Christine, so, and well, I'm glad to meet you tonight.
1: Christian, we'll move on to your question. We're running out of time. All these people are asking us questions, and it's very exciting. Oh my oh my gosh. Gosh.
3: I know. I the, point, the thing is blowing up. And we're never even going to get to it.
5: Okay. Mine's actually kind of a quick question, then. So that's good. Um, I think I've
4: made maybe. a. Mic, wait, hold on one second. My, think my computer says your Mac will sleep soon unless plugged in. That's fine. I have to
3: leave. I <laughs> need to plug to in. <laughs> in. Hey, I plug, plug in. in. Okay. i hold hold on, hold hold for a minute. I have I to plug in.
0: in. I think <laughs> we should maybe. We're
3: so prepared
0: our announcements, don't you? I mean, uh, I want to get to your cover reveal. That's most
2: important.
4: Hold on. Hold yeah, on. I'm yeah, going yeah, uh,
2: uh, to shout with my kids. Kathy,
5: why don't you do your
1: cover you reveal guys, now? What we're right? waiting for. Yeah,
5: no, do the cover reveal while we're waiting.
1: That's perfect. Have to, uh, see if Sean can put it up. Sean, can you put it up? Yay!
0: Yay! 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 Thank you. Yay! Thank you. Oh,
2: so there it is oh my
1: gosh i love mm-hmm. it Thank you. that's uh the okay. newcomer next summer's uh summer 2021 that's um i love the pink shark fins so i'm really <laughs> thrilled about it and
3: um it's the first time anybody's ever seen it yeah it's, yeah, a, yeah, this it's this a big reveal ever.
2: it's so great may
3: 4th oh. show it
2: again
3: show it again Sean.
1: put it up there baby my Looks fresh new
0: look all different for Love it, uh, it has her humor in it, which I love.
1: Yeah, so, um, if you order tonight through uh pre order tonight, uh, through Sunday from acapella, um, you're gonna get the 10% off. You won't get the book until May 4th, but we'll um send you a, a one of our friends in fiction koozies. And that's enough about that because, um, we're going to Christy's question, Christy's question.
5: <laughs> yes, my question. Are you good,
4: Emily? Are you plugged in? Well, he's, if we die he's, here, he's, Buddy's coming hey, with hey, a charger. Hey, now come here and check Buddy! Hi, okay. Hi. Okay. Hi. Um
5: I, I well, might have told the story before on Friends Inviction, but um, I got the idea for my debut novel when my son was like three days old which was not probably the best time. But as we all know, when you get an idea for a story, you just sort of have to write it. It kind of takes over your life. But I had so many excuses and so many reasons that this wasn't the right time for me to try to get an agent. It wasn't the right time for me to submit. It just wasn't the right time. And my mom sent me an article about you and about how you... Um, signed your first book deal and then found out about a minute later that you were pregnant with twins, no less. And I thought, okay, well, if she could do it with two babies, then I could do it with one baby. Certainly. Um, Right. I hope. But you (laughs) have really, I mean, spent an entire career being this incredibly successful author, wife, mother, philanthropist, all of these things. And I'm not going to ask you the balance question. I am not going to ask you that. Um, But do you have any advice? (laughs) For people who are, you know, just kind of getting started, we have a lot of writers on this show who feel like they're in the throes of all these things and like maybe they don't have time. Um, Oh, I think you're muted. You're muted, Emily. Emily.
3: Did you mute Emily? Oh, no. Somebody muted you. You muted yourself, I think, accidentally.
4: Sean, can you? It's right you?
3: there on the bottom. <clears throat> it's on the bottom left, Em. Okay. Oh. There. <laughs> so <laughs> while, she's un- while she's trying to unmute While oh. she's trying to unmute. she Oh, I'm looking. She says it won't unmute you so, it's doing the scrolling rainbow
0: why don't we talk about the bookstore while we're waiting for this kristen are you yeah. going to do okay it? just
3: wait a second emily but the, or i can one thing i do want to remind everyone well emily's squirreling rainbow is squirreling <laughs> that as all our watchers know that kristen's book the book of lost names was such a huge hit that it sold out on, I think, what day, hour one. I think they were <laughs> yeah. that very fast. <laughs> yes. so we have a huge announcement, and it is finally back in stock. Oh. So, Sean, could you give us a little flash of the book? Um, Yay! Bye. Bye. Thank um, you. And so if you've been spending time, you know that this has happened. Now it's in stock everywhere. It's been out of stock since the week it came out, and we're excited to know and to share that it's back in stock. So tell everyone, you know, it's almost like pub week all over again. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we're so excited. Thank you, Patty.
1: Thank you, Mary Allen. Right.
0: Thank you. Hey Patty,
1: did you um, text Emily and tell her to go out,
3: come back in? Oh, she can hear us. You can hear us, right, Em? Um, Go out and come back and in. Come back in. <laughs> okay. Like <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it,
2: it, you know, it, it wouldn't. It really wouldn't. wouldn't <laughs> it wouldn't be friends in fiction if something wasn't going wrong, right? Yeah, I mean, right? This, yeah. This is a, this great.
0: is how we love life. Like,
3: exactly. And the real like, us. and then come back. You can like Kristen. Yeah. Do you want to talk about um, bookmarks? Bookmarks. Yeah, real quick. Oh, I'll look. Do you like how out- I'm not
5: oh, the- posting? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know,
2: I just wanted to say super quickly. Um, over the weekend, we posted about bookmarks from North Carolina. Um, they're an independent bookstore, also a literacy nonprofit. They had something terrible happen to them. They flooded. Um, And when we told you about it, more than 150 of you immediately stepped up to donate. Uh, We were floored. We were so touched. And their operations director, Jamie Rogers Southern, came on and said, it really must be true that reading fiction develops empathy. I'm so encouraged that this bleep, bleep year hasn't made people hate. It's made people bond together in love. Trust that our staff is deeply grateful. We will recover and continue to serve our community. So to say thank you, we are giving away signed books from all of us, books and book plates um, to a random winner, one of you who donated, and the winner is Diane McGuire. So she was randomly drawn. Diane, I will um, I will email you tomorrow to get your address. That prize pack's also going to include a book plate signed by Sarah McCoy, who um, is on the bookstore board. Uh, she's another author. She's on the bookmarks board. Um, but to all of you so diane thank you but to all of you thank you so much from the bottom of of our heart um all five of us friends and fiction authors are so proud to be part of this wonderful big-hearted giving community and we are so honored to walk among all of you thank you so we love you guys so much thank Thank you you for stepping up while
1: we're waiting for emily to come back in um everybody want to give a shout out to whatever it is you're reading and enjoying right now i know mary alice you've got a book you want to mention Sure, I'd love to. My gosh.
3: Emily can't get back in, she says. Oh, I'm, excited.
0: I'm really excited. This is a nonfiction, so it's the first time I've done this. It's called Becoming Wild by Carl Safina. Now, I read a lot of books about nature, but this is so eloquently done. It's about understanding the. Um, it, you know, for so long, people say, don't anthropomorphize, don't put human emotions into animals. He is a naturalist, a scientist. He says, yes, they do have these emotions. And he tells beautiful stories that parallel human emotions, animal emotions, human emotions. Obviously, I love that, but he does it so well. He's such an eloquent writer. And also, he has, it's been so successful. There are two middle grade and young adult um, versions workbooks for kids so if you want to get in touch you want to have that connection with nature especially if you're stuck indoors it's called becoming wild and the author is carl safina he's probably my very favorite nature writer and
1: krista you had a couple of books you wanted to talk about right
5: yeah well and since emily isn't here i do just want to say because i really didn't say this tonight but um if you have not read the lies that bind I know we all loved this book so much. It was incredible. It was one of those books that um, I was reading it over Labor Day weekend. And like I couldn't do anything else. You know, like friends would be I'd be like, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm reading. And I stayed up like all night finishing this book. Um, it was just absolutely wonderful. And then to hear her stories about 9-11 and just how that tied in. And it was so interesting to me to be back in 2001 and to think about, we don't feel like it's that long ago, but just all of the cultural references and, you know, what they were listening to, what they were wearing, their cell phones. Mm-hmm it was you know where they were eating, and eating. I mean, it was just really interesting to go back to that time and be like, wow, that really was a long time ago. Um, yeah. so, but it's just, it's a great book on all counts.
0: Um, kind of a little mystery in there too.
5: Yes. Yes. Um, I am reading the age of innocence, which I somehow, I mean, I have a master's in literature, but I never read this book before. I don't know how that happened, but um, it is so wonderful. And we were talking about earlier how sometimes the classics are not as exciting or, you know, but um, this, this book just, it's really, it really holds up. It's just such a great book. I feel like I'm flying through it. Like I'm flipping the pages. So um, not our normal contemporary read but um the Age of it's a
0: true historical
5: yes
4: so here. here's what happened i want to say this really quickly my computer my joe biden sticker here and this computer um uh, did not have chrome so i got this computer and then when i hit mute when I was trying to plug myself in it froze and it kept doing that little wheelie thing and there was no oh, way to do it. And so now my family's yelling at me, why did you use that ancient computer? Like that's not helping. But anyway, <laughs> <I'm> so sorry. <laughs> you guys are I mean, to so unmute. I'm like, the yeah, I, I, it's not my mute button. It's the wheel. i to okay. anyway, so make it. I told make you I, I'm terrible at this stuff.
1: Uh, we all are. Like, all right. we, yeah. we always do uh, a little after show. Um, so, and it, and it, um, it airs. So if you guys will, since we, Emily, you know, we lost her in the ethernet, hang out. Emily, can you hang out with us too? We'll ask ask you some more questions. We'll drink some more. She didn't even finish the question. Did you? Christy, did you finish your oh, question? I, and actually, my question works
5: really well for her writing tip too, because I, the writing tip I'm I was thinking getting at is you know when you have all of these things in your life, like how do you prioritize your writing and what does your schedule look like? And- I
4: know what I was a- trying to answer before I realized I was oh. muted. It just, I think our, you have to let go of the quest per, for perfection. Like okay. I think that your mother probably sent you that article, that clipping, because you had been really struggling at that time and probably feeling you know, terrible about your output and probably feeling like you weren't doing a good job in any one category in your life. And she sent that article and said, look, everyone's going through this. Like people, you know, young mothers like go through this. And I think that's just to kind of, again, go back to this sense of, don't be so hard on yourself. Like just do, do what you can. And some days are going to be terrible. And some days are, you know, you're going to write and it's going to feel so easy and effortless and everything will flow. And you just, um, and that's the the same in relationships. Our relationships sometimes they come together and they feel effortless. And sometimes, like if you could have heard us fighting just now, arguing, how uh-huh. did you use that old computer? <laughs> like, that's not really what to me right now. When I'm like doing this, you know. Show. So that's like, and I think I'm gonna post I filmed
1: him sort of yelling at me because I'm gonna put it on my Instagram story because that's real. Damn it. Okay. People have been asking questions. And so uh, we're going to, we pulled some off the uh, Facebook page and then we're going to ask some that have been coming in live. So, uh, Doris Yates Biddix, and we are just going to go over. So if you can't stay, you guys go away, but we hope you will. (laughs)
3: Just uh, out with us. We're, we're going over, going yeah, over. Today. you're not going to miss it it's just
1: like the second hour of the today <laughs> show <laughs> <laughs> like, this we go from our yeah Doris Yates Biddix wants to know Emily if there's an idea for a book that you just can't write about yet a story that's just waiting for the right time hmm Well, I started a book, so, you know, I didn't go on the book tour. So I thought, okay, I can
4: really get started early and get cranking on this one. And I started one and it was a little, it was just too, it was too heavy. It was too, it it was too heavy for my, my soul, my heart to manage. And so I just put it aside and I decided that I would revisit it. And once there's a vaccine, you know, once we're a little bit on even footing, I, I started another book. In the last few, like the last week, I think if you follow me on Instagram, I've been asking about that. I've narrowed it the names that the, the baby name choices for this character. So I'm kind of getting into that. But um, so yeah, I think definitely there are books that stories we want to tell, but the moment doesn't feel right to us. You know, we just don't feel ready. So um, that's a great question. Is it Doris? Yes, Doris. Thank you, Doris.
1: Yes, and uh, Marie Alice has a question from somebody too. Right? I do. Her. This is from Crystal
0: Harden, and it says, and, "And this is appropriate that I ask you this: Will your next book finally include a dog? All your readers' heart, Dolly, Hank, and Darcy.
4: Oh, that's so sweet. Um, you know, I, have I really never included a dog? I think there's been dogs, maybe not like a like a key, integral like dog <laughs> character, like the dog is like center stage, dog plot." Yeah, maybe I'll have to do that. What, what who was the la- lady who just asked that um, question? Crystal. Crystal, Crystal. Hart. Okay, Crystal, I'm going to put a dog in for you. Crystal, what do Aww. Can you, can you ask Crystal <laughs> People day? demand
0: more? <laughs> <laughs> oh, watch out down.
4: are <laughs> <We're laughs> the We're in Athens now. Well, I started <laughs> writing. I'm I'm shot and that's dogs That's awesome. <laughs> dogs are awesome.
1: Okay, who wants to ask another question that we pulled? Um I can. Um, ask. Okay. Yeah.
5: Alive? Sure. Yep. Sean, do you want to run us alive? Or I've taken the liberty of pulling a few also. <laughs> Good. Okay. Um, Brenda Gaskell wants to know,
4: Emily, what led you to become a lawyer? Oh, Brenda. <laughs> 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 oh, Brenda. Um, you know, Actually, I don't regret going to law school. I loved, I loved school. I loved the actual law school. I just didn't like the practice of law. But um, I think that law. You know, when you meet a doctor, you, you hardly ever ever meet a doctor who will say like, "Oh, I just went to med school because I wasn't sure what else to do," or I was afraid <laughs> Chase my like real dreams so i just went, went to med school but i feel like a lot of people go to law school because they were really good at sort of something in the liberal arts and they had good grades and they liked school and they were kind of on the nerdy side and they am like i'll just go to i'll just take the lsat and i'll go to law school so i think kind of i fell into that i was a history major with an english minor and i was just i knew i wanted to be a writer but i wanted to write fiction i didn't want to go into journalism so i'm like okay i'll just go to law school and and go from there so it's it's yeah um As much as I did not like practicing in a big firm, though, I mean, I really do use it all the time, and it enabled me to live in New York City. I I guess I could have lived in New York City if I had been like a struggling writer, but um, it's a lot easier to move there, you know, with a big firm job. Um, And so, yeah, my rambling
1: answer there. anybody else want to pull a question? I love (laughs) that,
5: Cheryl. I I can't even find that. Okay, no. Know, this I, is one for everybody. If we want to do one more, do we have time? I mean, yeah, it's probably, no, we don't. Yeah, have time. It's after don't show. show okay. yeah. Does Emily have time? Okay. Yeah. Um, Melanie Falconer wants to know all of us. What is the one thing you're looking forward to doing once everything is opened back up? So, Emily, we can since you're our guest. you Oh, uh, you guys okay. go first. Okay. To... Um, hostess, 3
1: You want to go first? Oh, well, uh, somebody else go first. I was busy <laughs> travel. I want to go. I want to go to London. I really yeah. do. I want to go to London with Mary Alice.
4: Okay, let's go. Well, PCH and you, duh. Duh,
2: duh. you, duh. Can I come and just hop across to Paris while we're there? <laughs> my <place>. All
5: right. been <laughs> a little research done.
1: Exactly. I mean, we were supposed to go to a wedding in France um, mm-hmm. in uh, uh, Memorial Day weekend, actually. And we had a um, plan that I would get off book tour, we would jump on a plane, take the train to a friend's daughter's wedding um, do that and then you know run around the French countryside drinking wine so do yeah. um, the wedding the wedding happened but they're gonna have the um, party when things you know hopefully pray to God when things get better then we'll we'll hopefully go so that's what I want to do
3: you know what I want to do? I want to see all of y'all in real life and real. Yes. Time, in real Thank life. you. Yes. Yeah. Same. Yeah, same. Yeah. I want to see my I mom you are now good. part of the tribe. So yeah.
4: Exactly. You guys are sweet. Yeah, I want to go hang out. I want to go write with some of you. Oh, come on! I've been oh. talking about that forever. Go to a little, do a little writer's retreat. But who who said that they wrote eight thousand words this weekend? Was that I? Did. I, I, I did, but that's what to you. Well, no, I mean, I but,
2: well, like, let's, let's talk about Christy. Christy, how many words do you write? Like sitting in the car, in the pickup <laughs> line. <laughs> <right>. uh, Christy's <laughs> our word girl. Yeah,
4: they matter? might not be that good. They just know doesn't matter, good. and you know it doesn't.
1: Like it doesn't. Yeah. It's just the words. That's amazing. I, I, I did words the weekend. But part of that was because I had been, Patty and I did a writer's retreat in uh, Cashers, North Carolina. Nice. And she basically put the gun in my head and said, because I kept saying, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it. I have to, you know, I've got to write this big, you know, um, sort of cinematic denouement and I couldn't get there. And she kept telling me I was self sabotaging. And uh, <laughs> but I, you know, I wasn't
3: writing a word. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was generous of her to, to you know, to, to, you know, nag me. But it really did help me over the hump because we sort of sat down and talked about all the points, plot points that I had to cover um, by the end of the book. And so I had, you know, my little handy dandy black and white composition notebook that i um i wrote down this is what i have to do and then once i got home um it was like i have got to do this so i couldn't have done it if i hadn't i hadn't been with patty and her really kind of putting gun in my head
4: you cranked it out it was awesome yeah,
1: i did i did it was i won't say it was a new land speed record but um it was, <laughs> okay. but,
0: you know but i do think for you kathy uh, Mary Kay, you know it's um the fact that we didn't have to go on book tour actually made a difference, you know, yeah, because no otherwise we're on the road and then we heal afterwards. So you got those, you got that gift of time.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's one more thing we have to do. Um news flash, breaking news. Um Beth Woodson <laughs> has turned 35. We understand. <laughs> <laughs> <Again. laughs>
4: Happy birthday, Mom. Happy birthday,
1: Mom. Happy, Happy birthday, Beth. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Miss Happy birthday, Beth. Beth. We love you for giving us, Christy. Yeah. And And um, what else do we want to do, guys? I mean, we're just, like, rolling along here. We should probably let Emily
3: get back to her family. Oh, I
4: think you tonight. guys should all be special guests on my book club Zoom that I'm doing at 830.
3: <laughs> oh, my God. Tonight? Yeah. <laughs> we need to
4: go.
1: We need to go.
4: No, well, it's at 8 30, so we have plenty of time. But I don't, I'm not going to do my hair twice.
1: No. no.
4: In, yeah. Like, you know, because it's usually in a baseball cap, and it's like, no. we all do that. We, we all like, I'm like, okay, it's I'm going to stack these things. So I I think you guys should come yeah. onto the Zoom and surprise
3: For everyone at sure. 8.30. <laughs> why waste this makeup situation?
4: Listen, party. I'm going to send it to. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna send it to Patty and she can share with you if anyone wants to come on and say hi to this book club. I think sure. that would be oh, great yeah, true. Yes. all right. Well, Are well, we're
1: That's gonna really finished. Finished. thank yeah. you, Emily, so much. Emily, so thank Emily, you.
4: you. I'm sorry about the technical difficulty, but you just got a little window into, you know, you know, I don't drive on highways, for example. <laughs> Did you know that? No, I you didn't. Me, like, I kind of a
3: mess Emily,
0: it. it would not be friends in fiction if we didn't have technical Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
1: Okay, and good. Okay. That's, that's good. we come back again. I'm Love having you.
4: Thank you yeah, all. I'm thank you well. to all
1: of our, our readers out there. Thank you
4: all. Everybody. You. Thank thank
3: you. You're awesome, man. Thanks for coming. You, thank thank you.
0: You've been listening to the Friends and Fiction Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the Friends and Fiction Podcast wherever you listen. And if you're enjoying it, leave a review. You can find the Friends and Fiction authors at www.friendsandfiction.com as well as on the Facebook group page, Friends and Fiction. Come back soon, okay? There are still lots of books, writing tips, interviews, publishing news, and bookstores to chat about. Goodbye!
1: Produced by Autovita Studios. Connect your
4: voice to the world.